Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 90210 Show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my fiance, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is lucky March 13th, 1998. Lucky, you hate the thirteenth. What are you talking about? I know I do. <laughs> I hate the thirteenth. So 13th. superstitious. And we we have a episode of nine hundred two one zero to talk about. So I think I'm justified. It's unlucky. Oh, that's mean for I, us. I like nine hundred two one zero. You do? You like this show? Well, I like talking about it. We bitch about this show all the time. It's like a love hate relationship. The 13th hasn't done anything good for your neck. No, no, it has not. Carol is in traction almost. <laughs> can't even turn her head to the side. No, I, I, I like hit the brakes. No, it wasn't the brake. I hit the accelerator at front, like from a stop sign. And like, I almost screamed from the pain of my neck. Just moving just a little bit. Whiplash. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. So. Carol needs some tender, loving care after we do this episode. Yes, let's hurry it up. And I'll also (laughs) massage her. Right. But we watched an episode of 90210. We did. Where Steve almost got some tender, loving care. But instead, he was jobbed. The name of this episode is Jobbed. Right. I hate Claire now. Oh, I know. Like, She's such an asshole, isn't she? I, I was, like, not a super fan or whatever, but she was all right. I liked her. She was the... <laughs> I don't know if they're trying to do this, but the writers of 90210 are singularly talented at getting you to like a character and then fucking destroying that <laughs> character. Yeah. Because they've done it so often. They're like, oh, you like Claire? Well, now she's the biggest bitch in the world. <laughs> I don't like what they did to her hair either. And like it happened like halfway through the episode. Yeah. And nobody acknowledged it. She's always changing her hair. But it was awful and and very obvious. Like like I believe the whole color changed and everything. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if they like I don't know if they did reshoots of this episode or what. I don't know. She went from being a brunette to having like orange hair. Yeah. It was like Two-toned, too, I think. like Yeah, and it had, like, that zigzaggy part. Yes, I yes. hate the zigzaggy part. Me, too. Oh, my God. <sighs> it just looked awful to match her awful personality. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what they're, they're going for. Like, she can't be pretty anymore because she's too evil and awful. Yeah, she doesn't remind me of you anymore. Thank you. I will take that as a compliment. She did before when she was sweet and nice. And hot. Yeah, and hot when she was back when she was hot. She's not hot anymore. No, she's not. (laughs) She's ruined her look. So there's a job fair at the campus. Yeah. I'm I'm entirely confused as to what the status of all these children are. (laughs) Because they, so I'm going to, this is all big overview. We're going to go, I'm going to let Carol do her thing and, and go plot by plot. But Tracy, who's the the reporter that he's with, okay, she says, "Oh, I'm glad I'm a junior 
So mm-hmm. she's not participating in the job fair. Right. They're all seniors. Right. Presu- like, yeah, that's what they've been talking about. This is yes. their senior year, right? And so, like, Donna, it makes sense. Donna's like, oh, I'm scared about going into the real world. I don't know if there's any job that I could really do. Um. Kelly has mentioned she's going to go, She's she wants to get her master's degree. Mm-hmm. So she wants to stay in school. Makes sense. Um, Brandon and Mark are both up for a, a scholarship. A fellowship. Fel- was that what it is? Yeah, it's a fellowship. But so he's he talks about how there's the, the Rhodes scholarship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is... You go to Oxford. You have to go to Oxford. Um, you know, like like uh, President Clinton was a Rhodes Scholar. Uh-huh. Um, there's the Fulbright, which is another scholarship. I can't. I think that's Stanford. I think I can't remember, but that's that's also tied to a specific university. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Dreyer, which I don't know if it exists or not, or if it's a fictional one. I'm not sure, but I'd never heard of it before. But that's the one that they're up for. Here's my question. If they're seniors, does this entail another year of school? Does this mean they would be then going to get their master's degree? What is this? Well, okay, I have a couple of questions also because I don't really know what degree they're getting. I think he's getting a political science degree. And I don't know what his end goal is because, like, okay, my brother mm-hmm. had a fellowship. Okay. And I believe that was after he graduated, but right. it was while he was working on a higher degree. It's like a job mm-hmm. while you're working on a higher degree, but it's more than an internship. But I don't really understand. I don't know if this is a fellowship or not. They said fellowship like a hundred times. They said fellowship. They did? I am not imagining it. Okay. All right. And I I'm just, not making another bet. It's just I don't want to. I don't want to make. I it, lost. I don't want to make. Yeah, you did lose. <laughs> I, it was the Goo Goo Dolls. I, I gave him an hour body massage last night because they, of that. They don't need to know what the terms of our bet are. Um, <laughs> don't let them into our personal lives. No, I'm just joking. You guys, you guys can come right in. No, and that's how I hurt my neck. Yeah, because I rubbed you for so long. With your neck? No, with my shoulder that is attached to my neck. Oh, that's true. Oh, the. The shoulder bones connected to the <laughs> neck bone. Exactly. Um, but no. Uh, but they compare it to the to the Rhodes, and the Rhodes is a scholarship, right? They 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 call them Rhodes, Rhodes scholars. scholars. Yeah, I've they heard go, that. I think, but I want to say I, and that's the other thing too. I am not a Rhodes scholar, and I don't know what that entails. That might only entail one year of study at Oxford. Because I don't think it necessarily means you have a master's degree if you are a PhD, if you're a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, I don't I think know. it's just a prestigious program to be in. So we're going to, and that's what, I'm, that's what I'm confused about, but I'm going to assume that whomever gets this dryer, and also uh, Brandon says the reason he picked it is because you get to pick your own university. Jeez, if he gets it, no spoilers, guys. Um, if he gets it, I wonder where he's going to pick. Where do you think he's going to pick? California University, of course. But it's just a university. Yeah. Like. You get to pick your own school, though, he said. Okay, but I mean, like, if he's got, like, this fancy schmancy thing going on, shouldn't he go to, like, one of the more prestigious schools? You would think so. But, like, that's, 
That's the whole point of like the Rhodes is to go to Oxford to get right. a trip to England and to live on campus in Oxford to go to one of the oldest universities on the planet. Yeah, I mean that's yes, that's a big part of it. I think there are, are ones for the Sorbonne and, and stuff like that. That's a big university in France, um, but I don't know. Anyway, um, I think there's one for the University of Saskatchewan too. <laughs> In Saskatoon. Yeah, no. Um, but anyway, so that's where I think if he gets it, no spoilers, guys. That's where <laughs> I think that's where I think he's gonna go is California University. I guess. Um, but anyway, so go ahead and I, that just that confused me. Their status. That's all. Yeah, or like what the end goal is with this thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. So yeah, so there's this job fair. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Mark and Brandon are competing for the scholarship. Which they don't know yet. And then Donna ends up working the day for her father. So everybody has something to do with the their job, job or their education. And Steve, Steve's also, uh, Claire has gotten Steve a interview with a sports company. You know, when she approached him on the beach to tell him that she got him this interview. Uh-huh. Or no, to talk, he already knew. Yes. But to discuss this interview. Yes. I just thought to myself, this is the rest of their life. Like, her just micromanaging him and telling him where to go and what to do and how to dress. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I, I would not enjoy a relationship with her. <laughs> I wouldn't either. No matter how, like, kinky and hot she can be, right. it's not worth that. No, I agree. I wouldn't either. Maybe Steve is the kind of guy that likes being told where to go and what to do. Maybe. I mean, he does seem like he's a little oblivious to something, so maybe he kind of needs somebody mm-hmm. to guide him. But There are definitely people like that, but I am not one of them. No, I, I know that. <laughs> She's a very strong personality. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not. No. So he goes... And we're both... Strong personalities. Which is why we have some conflicts. But we do complement each other pretty well. Sure. Um, but so he goes to this fucking interview. Okay, so we're going to start with Steve. Yes. All right. And Claire's there. What, hanging out, uh, spying on him? Like, I don't really understand why the fuck she's there. I think she just kind of walked him there. But she was like, Steve, you're going to do great at this interview. This is this is the perfect thing for you. It's sports, you know, and... And, and you're hot, you know, and everything. And, yeah, it's the whole... Yeah. It's it's an eye roll moment. So he's greeted by a dude who mm. is looking for the gym. It was kind of weird. Well, it's it's funny, too, because <laughs> the way you say... I'm sure people have a totally different picture <laughs> in their head of what this guy's. He's greeted by a dude that's looking <laughs> for the gym. Yo, what's up, dude? No, I mean, he's like an older guy he's in a suit. He's the CEO of the company. <laughs> But he wants to go to the gym. He's got glasses on, a tie, yeah, full suit. Yeah. But he's like, I'll tell you what, he's like, uh, oh, I'd, I'd love to get to talk to you a little bit more, Steve. And he's like, oh, well, how about right now, sir? And he says, Steve's really good at, at, at playing the game and mm-hmm. like fucking kissing up to people. Oh, so yeah. He's great at it. He's got some Eddie Haskell in him. He does. Uh, but the, he's like, well... Can't right now. We're very big on chain of command or whatever he says. He's like, but I'll tell you what you could help me with. I- I'm looking for the gym around here. I- it's a little complicated, I hear. And he's, <laughs> it's so weird. And he's like, yeah, uh, it's, you got to go through whatever the East Hall or what. 
And he goes, I'll tell you what, uh, my girlfriend's here. Hey, Claire, can you uh, show him where the gym is? She's like, yeah, no problem. And so they go off, and he goes behind the curtain or whatever. Right, like the fucking Wizard of Oz. For this interview with this older... So she's a fairly attractive Yeah, woman. she's fine. She's got that plasticky attractiveness. That's though. the thing. They, if... Imagine to yourself, mid, Self. mid to late forties, woman, divorced, but still wants to feel young and vibrant and sexy, and L.A. So put all those things together, and I think you'll have the perfect image of this woman. Sure, that Although- kind of you know the the haircut is like. That quintessential haircut of a, a middle-aged woman that wants to, to be sexy. She is not from L.A. She has to catch a plane the next day. She yeah. didn't mention that. Yeah. So she's, you know, trying to be L.A., but not. Exactly. Um, yeah, so she is very flirty the whole time with mm-hmm. Steve. And she's like, oh, you know, do you smoke? Do you mind if I smoke? Let's go somewhere else and so I can smoke while we do the interview. Yeah, we'll, which, go, we'll go get a coffee, Steve. It seems like something I would have done back when I smoked, honestly. Yeah. But um, Try to fuck Steve? No. Uh, oh, okay. Try to get an interview to go outside and smoke with me? Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway. For all the people that you've interviewed in your life, huh? Just saying, I can relate to wanting to smoke that bad. Maybe you're old enough to have done interviews. Maybe you're a different age. Who knows? Anyway, uh, so it's kind of weird and unprofessional. Um, they go off together. Oh, she's 100% under unprofessional. Yeah, so they go off together to have coffee, and then she's like, um, let's have another coffee. Don't leave. Let's hang out, you know? Yeah, she's like, it'll be on the company. And she's like, I'll tell you what, Steve, I, I'm... I'm a, a lonely woman in the city, you know, for one night. That can be really bad. But I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, I'd really love to recommend you for this position, Steve. But first, you know, I need you to do something for me. I don't understand this. Essentially, like, yeah. Why does everyone, like, think he's hot and want to have sex with him? He's not hot. He's got a good looking... Like, he has a nice body. Sure, I guess. Like... He, I think he has, when I'm in the best shape I am, my body looks a little bit like his, I think. Okay. Uh, he has the type of body I think that you would find attractive. He's not like fucking great cheese on his abs, <laughs> dude. He's got, he's a little thicker, you know, through the waist and, and stuff like that. Not like he's fat in any way. But he's he just, he's big, big stocky guy, mm-hmm. you know. Not like, shoot, like... He's making a bicep and everything, and it's not you're not seeing veins and shit like that. <laughs> no, he's, he's not, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not bodybuilder type, but he's just a big, solid, strong dude. Sure. And a lot of girls like that kind of body. But, I mean, and it's not like his face is ugly. He has a nice smile. He's gotten a little... But, yeah, his smile's gotten a lot better. Remember, he used to look like the Joker. What? He used to look like the Joker. We made fun of him. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. He used to look terrifying when he smiled. <laughs> I wonder what happened. I don't know. But he's gotten better looking as he's gotten older. But you don't like blondes. No. You don't like curly hair. Nope. And he has that washed out 
look to his face. Yeah. That, that a lot of blondes do. Yeah. Yeah, he's just not my type. But, um, yeah, so, and another thing is, like, okay, so she's horny, so, like, if you're gonna be like that, go pay a prostitute. Like, I don't know. Why should she do that when she has a candidate that she can dangle a job in front of, though? But, like, does that really make her feel wanted? I don't know. Does she want to feel wanted? I don't know. What's her motivation? (laughs) I think she just has a hole she needs filled. Oh, God. That's what I think is cool. Well, you know, you can do that by uh, going to the store. By By personal massager. By a cucumber. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, uh, she propositions him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, no, absolutely not. I have a girlfriend. And so she essentially says, well, you're not going to get the job then. Right. So later, you know, he he sees Claire. And he starts telling her. About what happened, and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm so, you know, I can't believe this. I'm just so upset. Like this lady, you know, she wanted to have sex with me. She said I'd get the job, and and Claire's like, no, she didn't. Whatever. You're just afraid to tell me that you blew the interview. Like you always blow everything. Yeah. You screwed up the interview. Like you screw up everything in your life. Yeah. Stop lying to me. Yeah. I mean, it was just way over the top, bitchy. She was. At, at at very first, she was kind of like, yeah, whatever, Steve. Like, that really happened. And then he was like, no, really. And then she just got meaner and mm-hmm. meaner. Every time she said something, my jaw dropped a little <laughs> bit more. Right. And she got just really fucking nasty to him. Yeah, I don't understand why he didn't just break up with her right then. Oh, he has no self-respect. Apparently. A hundred percent, I would have been like, get the fuck away from me, Claire. Yeah, I would I would definitely have broken up with her. I would have been like, I am done with you. Fuck you. Get away. But he was just like, well, maybe I'll uh, go back in the morning and I'll just do it just to shut you up. Yeah. So basically he's saying, you know, she told me I, if I changed my mind, I could see her in the morning. So he's saying, I'm going to go have sex with her to get the job to shut you up. Yeah. And Claire's just like, whatever. Like, Claire. <laughs> care. Care about your man. I think that, like, their relationship has just been so deeply damaged and there's so much resentment there. Maybe. That she's ne- they can't be together because she can't respect him. No. The Hunter... The way she's acting, 100% they can't be together. Let's not forget, too, she kissed somebody else as well, and she's never told him that. Yeah. So she and needs to. But anyway, so he goes back the next day. Yeah. And says, hey, I told you, the guy out there waiting for the interview, that you're, you're going to be half an hour late. And I was thinking, like, wow, really selling yourself short to this <laughs> Well, and then still he's. still got to get to a hotel. How, how the fuck uh, fast are you? Well, and then he's like, so let's go have a coffee. Like, that that's not what she wants, and uh, if you're gonna have coffee be your foreplay, I think you're gonna take longer than half an hour. Remember, it reminds me of the first time that we had sex, where you were like, "That's the worst sex I've ever had," and I said, "You know what? I don't think you can say that after thirty-seven seconds. You can't. You can't <laughs> tell that quickly." You're so silly. No, it was. He's a liar. Anyway. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so they go to have coffee under the pretense that they're going to have sex at some point. I mean, I it's so. really weird. Well, she starts doing her little propositioning thing to him again. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm going to fuck you and everything. I mean, it's not, obviously it's not. Not that bad. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But, but she's really coming on to him and making it very clear 
And then he was like, uh, what if we uh, bring another couple in? And she was like, no, I, I, I'm kinky, but I strictly go solo. And he's like, oh, it's like that's too bad. They, they were really excited. Weren't you guys? And then Claire and the CEO turn around because they're at the, ta- the next table. And I don't like this. I don't like that off screen, he and Claire made up. She got on his side and is now in cahoots and helping him. Yeah, we need we needed this conversation. I guess you're trying to fucking fool the audience. But like, what did what happened? I assume that he said, you know what? I'll prove it to you. You and let's set her up. And she was like, oh, you know, what I like, how did she even believe it enough to go along with this? I don't know. How right. did she believe enough to call the CEO risking embarrassment? She was on. She was so adamant that he was a liar. Yeah, it was. It's it, it, this is I'm sorry, but this is poor writing. Yeah, it's bad storytelling. But uh, what he should have done is engineered it to where they were in a place where those two would naturally be where they could overhear. Yeah. But anyway, so. She's busted, and the CEO's like, Steve, you know, I hope you don't hold this against us. This is not how we do business. Please consider us. And he was like, yeah, I'll think it over or whatever. And then Claire's like, I guess I was wrong. Let me kiss you. Yeah. She's like, I just, I made the mistake of forgetting how irresistible you can be. Yeah. Not, oh, I guess you're not a liar. I guess you're not a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I guess you don't screw everything in your life up. No, it's, I, I just, I forgot how much women want to fuck you all the time. That's why. She's, yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I, I there's, I, I want to reach through the screen and shake him. Yeah. And be like, no, you can do better. Yeah. Somehow, I, n- I never thought I would have said this after season one of the show, <laughs> but somehow I'm saying, Steve, you deserve better. Right. You could do better than this. Just absolute garbage. They have to break up soon. Yes, please. I mean, that was please, that, that was fucking abusive, the yeah, way she spoke to 100%. him. 100%. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. It was gross. I felt like I knew it was just a show, and I felt awful listening to yeah. it. Yeah. It reminded me of something his dad would have said to him. 100%. So, yeah. I mean, that's Steve's story. I guess he's going to get this great job, probably. So good for him, yeah, but good for him. Yeah. And I mean, I guess Claire's happy because I mean, he'll have money and he can buy her things. Claire's going to service him tonight for, uh, you know, say, to say she's sorry. Gross. Well, that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> and then Donna and David are hanging out. Yeah. And I think he was giving her a massage when her dad came in. But um, he was giving her a massage at some point for sure. Yeah, I don't think her dad interrupted a massage, but I don't know. They they just need to get married so they can have sex. Yeah. But um, I know you want them to have sex so bad. I want them to get married. Her dad, uh, his receptionist called in, so he asked if Donna wants to work for him for the day. This is when Donna's already worried about what she's going to do. She's like, I don't know if I if, if I'm qualified to do anything. Other than inherit a bunch of money, Daddy. <laughs> so she is awful at this job. Well, she, she is though. I mean, she's very unprofessional. She's unprofessional. That's true. She's like chatting with these people like they're buddies. All these people talk, 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 talk. 
Yeah, and it's like it's a doctor's office. That you know the lines. Apparently, he's super busy because the line keeps ringing. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to get to these people. Well, and like one of them, she's telling him to drink some warm ginger ale for his tummy ache because yes. that's what my daddy always had me do. Yeah. What? She's like, if you really think it's gas, just try that. And it's like you can't dispense. You you know you could say that to a friend of yours or whatever in casual conversation. But when you are a receptionist for a doctor, you're sort of the voice right. of the doctor. And if you dispense medical advice, especially if you attribute it to something that your daddy, who's the doctor, <laughs> said, then it's almost like you're telling them, hey, here's some medical advice. Right. That's dangerous. I mean, it's it's maybe not 100% like liable for, for being sued, but... You know, you're opening yourself up for yeah. for a lawsuit if something bad happens. For sure. I had a friend that worked as a receptionist at a um, do- renal doctor's office. Uh-huh. And somebody was upset because they couldn't get in for a while and they were having like pain when they urinated or whatever. And she was like, well, you know, cranberry juice helps. Mm-hmm. She got in trouble for that. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody knows cranberry juice helps with bladder pain, but... You know, yeah, she shouldn't have been saying it. No, you can't. It's not like you're having a casual conversation with friends. Right. If you're, like I said, if you're representing the doctor, then you can't, you just can't give out any kind of med- as Even as, as simple as that, you cannot give out any medical advice because that that's the doctor's job. But Donna does a few different things throughout the day to piss off her father. Well, her dad's just like, just take the messages. Don't talk to him. Just get the messages and write them down. Right. And then, like, he asks her to take some scripts somewhere to get them faxed, and she says she's going to, but then David calls randomly. And the weirdest part about this is there was no reason for this conversation. He had no purpose. There was nothing he was calling for. Nope. This is 100% a thing girls do that guys never do. (laughs) Girls will sometimes call and just be like, Hey, what you what you thinking about? <laughs> At work? Like what you what's going on? It's like you called me. What <laughs> what is going on? You know, guys call with a purpose. Not they David. They call for a reason. <laughs> yeah, David just like he calls up he's like, "Hey, how's your day going?" She's like, "Oh, it's fine, but you know, I think I'm making my dad mad." And he's like, oh, "Okay, well, I'll see you I'll see you when you get home." <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah. So, he's like, "Never mind, I'll take them down myself." So then at the end of the day, she mentioned to him earlier and she mentions again how this one patient whose script was taken down thinks he's mad at her. Right. And then she says, now for the second time, and she says she thinks you're mad at her for smoking because she started smoking again. And he's like, she hasn't smoked in 10 years. What are you talking about? And she's like, no, she just started a couple months ago. That's why she thinks you're mad at her. And he was like... Oh no! Like yeah, all the of a terror was, on his face. All of a sudden, it was crisis time because he sees like if she if she takes the beta blockers, she has an arrhythmia. If she takes the which she shouldn't be smoking anyway, right? So like if she takes the beta blockers along with the cigarettes and the arrhythmia, it could be fatal. I don't know enough about cardiology, but I'm I'm going to assume that they did at least a little bit of research, uh, and that's an accurate statement. You're giving them a lot more benefit of the doubt than I I give them, but sure. So she's trying to call the patient, and he's trying to call the pharmacy. And the pharmacy's like, oh, yeah, I got picked up a couple hours ago. But 
Donna is able to reach the patient and able to tell her not to take the meds and get her on the phone with the dad. So. And she said that he. she told Dr. Uh, what's their last name? Uh, yeah. That she told Dr. Martin. She's like, Donna's like, yeah, she said she told you. And so, like, when the pharmacy said it already went out and Donna's still trying to get a hold of him, he, he like, flops back into his chair and he was like, she didn't tell me. She... Did she? Maybe she told me. Maybe, Maybe I just didn't listen. Yeah. And he's like, he really thinks that he's like fucking killed this woman. So they, they get her on the phone and, and tell her not to take the medication. So she's fine. And Donna's like, look, you really, you really need to take a break. You know, you need to take some time off or you need to you cut know, back on your hours. You're working too hard. Yeah. So, and apparently this isn't the first time this suggestion has been made to him either. Right. But um, he does eventually agree to do that. So yeah, she she he calls her and she apologizes and he's like, no, 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 I was wrong and and you know you're you're gonna be great at whatever job you decide to do until you inherit my money. <laughs> um, and he's like, I, I'm 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 at the club and I'm gonna play tennis. I'm taking the day off. I I talked to my partners and you know said I'm gonna like you know take a step back or whatever. It's very good. I'm happy for him. He looks like he's going to be retirement age anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's he's get, he's got to be getting close. Yeah. So we have one more, two more, two more stories. We have two more stories. Two more stories. Oh, oh, Valerie. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot yeah. David is you know partners with Valerie at the club. He is. And he is fucking screwing in a light bulb or whatever, and some dude. Just walks in, yeah, and he's like, "Hey, we're closed." And the guy just looks at him and goes, "That's all right," <laughs> and just continues in. Like, what the fuck? Who acts like this? A psychopath. That's who acts. I'll like tell this. you what, though. He's. They say he's from Buffalo because mm-hmm. he grew up with Valerie, but he acts like he's from New York City. Yeah, he acts like he's from New York. One of those people that's just like, "Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's a nice place you got here." So. It turns out that he is Valerie's friend, so everything is fine. But, you know, him and David have definitely rubbed each other the wrong way. Yeah. Valerie's talking to Tracy later, and she's like, oh, you know, he's a special guy or whatever. And um, she's like, yeah, he was my first, you know. And and she goes, first boyfriend? And she goes, that too. (laughs) Wow. And she asks if he can stay at the house. Which, it's weird to me. Like, all these people from out of town just show up unannounced and then get put up. Right. Like, hotels exist. I want to fly into fucking Beverly Hills and just walk up to Brandon Walsh on the street and be like, (laughs) hey, can I stay at your house? Right. Oh, guess I can. (laughs) But, yeah, she says she's making up the couch for him. But, like, I'm thinking, why? You know you're going to have sex with him. You know he's going to have sleeping in your bed. I mean, you would think. But he weirdly brought a tape with him of their prom. Like, what? Like, you packed that and brought it across the country? And he set it to music? (laughs) Which is even weirder, yes. (laughs) Um, And then at the end of the tape, we see her dad, and she's like, oh, my God, it's my father. And he's like, oh, I forgot he was on this. And she crawls across the bed right. and is just staring so intently at the TV, just looking like horrified. And, and then we get a we get a flash of her opening the, the bathroom door and seeing him dead on the floor right. in the 
in a pool of the fakest blood I've ever seen. And she says to this dude, you're the only other person who knows the truth about my father. Yeah, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? So now we got some mystery. Did she kill her father? But I mean, we already knew the big secret that he killed himself. That was already a revelation months ago. Do we think, so we don't think she killed him, right? No. Okay, so then why did he kill himself? Yeah, I think that's what that's the secret the, is. She, he, they must know. Because they found out that he was, whatever, stealing money or molesting children or... Why are we supposed to care about this dude? We don't know. I don't. That's the thing is, I don't care. Unless it's Valerie fucking murdered her father, which I don't (laughs) think they would do. No. Then I don't... I I don't know. Did this guy kill her dad? (laughs) Her dad killed her dad. Her dad was being sexually abusive to her, and this boyfriend killed him. (sighs) No. I don't think so. Well, if they're not going to, if it's not going to be something like that, if it's just like the dad embezzled money from this bank and got caught, who gives a fuck? Yeah. I'm sure we'll find out. And it's probably something, I would guess it's something slightly more interesting than we're giving them credit for, but we'll see. Jim Walsh killed her dad. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's fled to Hong Kong. (laughs) And then, as previously mentioned, previously on LA Law, um, Brandon and Mark are both going over this, going after this fellowship or scholarship, whichever. Maybe the dryer. It could be a scholarship. The dyer, dryer, dyer. I don't know one of them. But it's weird. Like that neither one of them had told the other. So, like, it's brand new information that they're both going out after the same thing. And Mark's like entire family is on the board or whatever. <laughs> Well, no, no, I his, mean, his dad was one of these people. Yeah. And his, the guy that's like his godfather is, is on the board. So, yeah, he, he basically like says to Kelly, who's all freaked out because they're going against each other. God forbid. And he says to Kelly, you know, if Brandon doesn't get this, it's no big deal for him. Right. If I don't get it, there's going to be hell to pay. I've got all these people who are just, you know, depending on me. Like, this is what I've been supposed to do since I was born. And he's getting more and more pissed at Kelly because he's like, Kelly, you're on Brandon's side. Which is stupid. Yeah, whole thing's stupid. I don't, I mean, like, who told her first? I mean, she already knew about Mark. Yeah. And so then, Mark told her first. Yeah. And then Brandon told her. And yeah, then she only was, he only told Tracy. Oh no! Okay, he told Tracy. Told her? No, no, no. He told. Tr- wow, God, are you gonna fall asleep? <laughs> no, do he I look t- like I'm fucking asleep? He told Tracy first, off screen, before we even knew about. Okay, it. so the the two relationships told each other. Right. Then he told Kelly next. Right. And then Kelly immediately ran to go tell Mark. Right. Did she even tell Brandon? No. No. Exactly. So where does Mark get the idea that she's more loyal to Brandon? Because he's his ego is so fragile, <laughs> like so many of these rich assholes. But like, I don't understand why it matters. Like, it's too late to do anything about it. They're going it's too after, late to turn back now. They're going after the same thing, so just go after it. Like, yeah. why do we have to get all upset in our heads and freaking out? Well, that's what happens. But I mean, more so Mark does than Brandon. Um, and then he, do you think he was giving him bad advice, like trying to throw him? 100%, yes. When he's like, oh, he asked questions like, uh. The only reason, the only reason that that's a, that's even a question 
is because they handle it so poorly in the episode that it doesn't even matter, and it's just a dumb thing to throw in there. Mm-hmm. But they, as previously revealed, one of the people that's on, that's on the board is Mark's godfather. godfather. And he introduces him to Brandon. And they're like, oh, you know, hey, it's great to meet you, Brandon, and everything. And Mark's like, hey, I just want to just want to be a level playing field and all that stuff. I'm just trying to be a good guy, you know. And he's like, let me tell you something. He likes to ask those Desert Island questions. He's like, oh, like like what kind of book you'd bring to a Desert Island? He's like, yeah, exactly. Prepare for that and nothing else. <laughs> because, you know, other people might not ask other kinds of questions. Right. So Brandon gets in there and he's like, oh, you know what you want to well, ask Well, first of all, first what? of all, okay. I have to point this out. Okay. They, he gets in there, they film it like he's on drugs or something like that, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. But the first question is, his thesis that he wrote for this uh, compares, talks about the 1987 Minnesota Twins. Okay. And how they're a team that's, that they were the worst team to win the World Series and, and everything, I guess, records, record-wise. Um, and he he actually, they actually do kind of talk um smartly about how this team inspires Brandon. Mm-hmm. And so he goes through this whole thing and they're they're very impressed. And then they get to the Godfather dude. <laughs> and he's like one day I'm gonna ask you a favorite. <laughs> no, he says, um he says, Brandon, uh are you familiar with the Bible? Which, first of all, what? Yeah, that's weird. What a fucking, what kind of question is that? And he's like, yeah. You mean like uh, if I was stranded on a desert island? I don't know why he assumes this. <laughs> it's so dumb. Right. He's like, if I was stranded on a desert island, would I bring the Bible with me? Or he's like, no. He's like, I mean, compare and contrast John Calvin and Ezekiel. Yeah, that's weird. Like, who would be able to do that just off the top of their head? Right. Well, John Calvin it was a French uh, religious philosopher. Okay, but I'm just, just saying he I, wrote treatises about think religion. Most people would be prepared to compare and contrast them. No, I agree. Probably not. That's a hell of a question. And so then it, it cuts off because the writers could not think of an intelligent answer to that question. <laughs> right. So then they're they're all waiting there, waiting to hear the results, which they apparently announce once they've decided. Right. And there's, you know, it's West Coast, so there's people from all over the West Coast. And Brandon's like, oh, my God, I don't think they're going to do two people from California. He's like, they're probably, there's women here, too. He's like, they're probably not going to do, do two guys. And uh, Mark's like, why don't you fucking relax, dude? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm trying to be chill. You need to be chill. So then they come out and they're like, okay, we've made our decision. It's random uh, Asian woman from Oregon. And everyone's like, yay. And so we know they do. They announce her first so that we know that there's only, right. can only go to one of them. And then they go, and from California University, our favorite son, Brandon Walsh. <laughs> and Mark's like, what? Yeah, he was completely floored. It was hilarious to watch him just be so shocked to lose. So Brandon's all happy. He goes to the peach pit. They're all celebrating. Kelly's there. All of a sudden, 
Mark shows up outside. Someone's like, Mark's outside, Kelly. She goes outside, and he's all like, fucking bitch. I knew you were going to be at Brandon's uh, fucking celebration party. And he's like, yeah, well, you should be too. Brandon's our friend. And he's like, you're a fucking whore. He's like, you know how much fucking money I'm going to have, Kelly? You can do whatever you want. you, you got to decide right now, him or me, because uh, I deserve you or whatever. He, you, when, you, when we're going to have sex, and we're going to have sex right now. Yeah. He's, like, very threatening about it. Yeah, like, he's drunk. Yeah, it's not good. He's drunk, but he's, like, a complete asshole. Oh, total, total ass. And then she's like, yeah, okay, let me tell you something, Mark. You want to? Uh, you want that money faster? You want to be a millionaire faster? Every time the phone rings, bet someone that it won't be me. <laughs> You'll be right every fucking time. And then she just kind of pushes past him. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that she has more self-respect than Steve, I guess. Uh, yeah, 100%. She, she stood up for herself. I'm glad this Mark guy's gone. He was giving me bad vibes the whole time. Yeah, I didn't like him either. So, I mean, I guess gone is, is wishful. I'm glad they broke up. He'll probably be around causing problems because that's Well, yeah, they they, he still works with Brandon. Right. He's probably going to cause problems with Brandon and Tracy, and it's going to be a whole big thing. that We, we have a few episodes... Well, no, I think we're more mid-season, I guess, but I thought we were closer to the end, but we're not close to the end. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, he's going to be a problem probably for a few more episodes. Right. Until they finally get, till he puts a bullet in his head or something. Oh, God. That's that's a bit dark. Till he sees Valerie and he's like, oh, wh- what's going on? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm weirdly compelled to do this. <laughs> and then uh, Valerie turns to whatever that dude's name is, Tim, or whatever his name is, I don't know. Uh, the guy that 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 came up, her her buffalo friend. Oh yeah, yeah. And she's yeah. like, you can't tell anybody that <laughs> I that I drive people to suicide, right? Under very specific circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that is the episode. That is. So you can write us at late fee nineteen ninety four aol dot com. Yep. Check out our website at www dot Yep. And share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.